0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with
1: Nissan on News Talk. Yesterday on the show, we heard from uh, Morris, uh, Morris O'Connell in County Kerry, about his son's experience of dealing with CAMS, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. So, Morris's son uh, was caught up in the Maskey report that detailed. And the, 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 the number of children uh, into the hundreds who were on the wrong medication or on too much medication um, over a period of years. And as a consequence of that, uh, Morris has been uh, offered the uh, Morris's son, rather, has been offered the support uh, of a consultant uh, living not in Kerry, where Morris and his son live, not even in Munster, not in Ireland. In fact, in Dubai. And his case was put to the Taoiseach by Pat Kenny this morning when uh, you know a parent in Kerry is talking about a doctor having to be flown in from Dubai for a couple of days to service CAMs in that area that's jaw dropping
0: well look it's not 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 as not as it should be and uh, if we had um an appropriate skilled doctor willing to do that job in Ireland um that wouldn't be the case but you know, where you have to put in place contingencies you do. And I know for the telemedicine service, a lot of parents who have had experience of that uh, have been uh, happy with the service. Bear in mind, it's not the case that you're just in front of the screen on your own. There's somebody from the CAM service there sitting with you. So there's a physical person there with you you, while you do the online consultation.
1: It's not ideal, but it's also kind of bizarre.
0: It's, um, look, it's one of the things that we have to do in order to make sure that we're able to provide a level of service. And, you know, we would do it in radiology as well, for example, that people would be looking at x-rays and looking at scans from abroad. Um, and it's, it's the, it's a way that we augment our workforce. Mm-hmm. Is it ideal? Uh, absolutely not. Um, and it's something that we're concerned about and something that we are working on but you know again there. Listen, let's never lose sight of the bigger picture here people in ireland now have among the longest life expectancy in europe people in ireland live two years longer than they do in northern ireland or, or england or scotland for example um that's not because we're you know wonderfully fish we don't smoke we don't drink and uh, we all go to the gym mm-hmm. every day that's because of a, a good quality health service once you get into it the patient outcomes are really
1: excellent yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the Taoiseach addressing the issue uh, that Morris raised uh, yesterday, a little earlier on the show today. We heard from Chloe, uh, Chloe's son as well, uh, failed and the failures uh detailed in the Maskey uh, report. Um, uh, uh, and uh, lots of people getting in touch, sharing similar stories. Now, a point that they all make is... is a point that the Taoiseach brought up there, how good the service can be once you're in, once you're sitting in front of someone. And I don't think we should lose sight of that either, the hard work that's done by the people in the system. And I want to get a sense of that now with Dr. Patricia Byrne, who's a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist and chair of the Faculty of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the College of Psychiatrists. Patricia, you're welcome to the programme. Um, for, for For the people in the system, in a system that is quite clearly dysfunctional a lot of the time, if not all of the time, but certainly a lot of the time. Well, what is it like?
2: Thank you very much uh, for inviting me on and having me on today. Um, I suppose the first thing to stay, state is, you know, it is really, really helpful that it has been acknowledged that the staff who work in CAMs are doing a really hard uh, job and they're working extremely hard to support the children and families who they, they meet in need. The critical issue uh, faced by all of us working in this sector is we are all here to try and help children and families. It's the only reason you go into this into this job. But we are working in a massively under-resourced res- service and to, to such a critical level that's happened over many, many years that it's really difficult that we don't have the resources to meet the needs and the demands that are out there. And I think that's very difficult and challenging for staff who are trying every day to do the best they can and I think it was very helpful in the Mental Health Commission report although you know all the the challenges were laid bare it repeatedly acknowledged the really hard work being done by staff within the service to do the best that they could.
1: Um, We've heard the kind of the frustration that parents understandably feel they wait you know, months and months on end for an appointment, they go for the appointment and they're sitting in front of somebody they've never seen before. What's that level of frustration like from the other side of the desk, from the professional side of the desk? You know, because I assume there's a frustration there too, that, you know, that they're not getting to see the same patients on a regular basis and being able to treat them the way they'd like to treat them.
2: I think it is challenging for staff I think, I suppose, we have to come back to the, to the basic realities of where we're at. And I suppose I must, uh, 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 the College of Psychiatry has raised this as well as, as many other services. If you look at the, the services for mental health support, the ideal is for young people to be able to get early intervention at an early stage to do those pieces and hopefully avoid more serious illnesses emerging or be able to treat early when young people have serious illnesses. If you look at what is needed, in the World Health Organization, it clearly states that you should have approximately 12% of your health budget allocated to mental health care. The last time we had 12% of our health budget allocated to mental health care was actually back in the mid-1980s. And it's been gradually eroded down to levels of between 5 to 6% where it's been over recent years. Um, And I must acknowledge Minister Butler has been trying hard to increase that funding, but we're still nowhere near the 12%. We're only about half of what we need. If we look at that piece then about what's needed, if you look, there was a document called "A Vision for Change which sets out the minimum staffing numbers. And this has been quoted a lot um, over recent days with the Mental Health Commission report. It set out the minimum staffing numbers that were needed for a specialist CAM service. And specialist CAM services are supposed to look after young people with moderate to severe mental illness, really severe illness, depression, anorexia, young people with psychosis to have those pieces. And it set out the levels of need, what you would need at that stage. At this stage, we only have half that team, uh, those staff for that team. But we also know that since 2006 up to 2001, that the estimated rates of mental health disorder at that stage were 2%. Whereas in fact, Kieran, we know now that the rates of a mental health disorder amongst our young people has risen to 12%. That's one in seven young people, which is why I think this report resonates with so many families. So we've had a massive increase in the need. Mm. We, we know the rates of suicidal ideation have increased 40% over the last decade amongst young people. So, there's a massive misfit now at this time between levels of need and levels of resources. And that's leading to the risks of burnout for staff. And I suppose also for staff as well, a feeling of they're doing their best, they're pushing very hard, but sometimes the positive pieces are missed or people don't realize how hard staff are working to try and meet an overwhelming demand.
1: And, And so, why is the level of staffing? so low? Uh, is, it, is it to do with vacancies? Is it to do with the number of specialists that we train any given year? Is it paying conditions, not making the job attractive? Is it a bit of all of the above?
2: I think it's a bit of all of the above. It's It's a number of issues. One is we do know that the overall funding for mental health has declined over many years, and that has been a huge area. I mean, one of the things that the college, amongst many colleges across the world, we are always trying to seek parity for mental health as well as for physical health. Mental health for many years is something that people didn't want to acknowledge, didn't want to realize was there. So it didn't attract the same funding. It didn't attract the same pieces. And that's something that we, we continue to strive for. And I suppose over recent years, has been huge increase in awareness of mental health and i think that's a really positive thing for this young generation that are coming through they're so much more aware and open about mental health and that then then even let's say when you or i were growing up that awareness was there so that's one thing actually realizing how important it is but the second thing then that needs to do is, is trying to put in and have a, an overall clear plan children and adolescents are really important if we can get in and do early intervention, we can save huge difficulties for young people going on into their lifespan, into into their future from a work point of view. So, money invested in children and adolescents, you get back tenfold over the times. So, it's it's really really important.
1: And beyond, Why it's, yeah, sorry, I, I, what well, I was just going to ask, sorry, Patricia, because I was going to ask uh, like beyond. You know, staffing and increasing uh, numbers, which would allow people to kind of eat into those waiting lists and and to 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 fulfil that promise of early intervention. Is there anything else you would change about the system, about how it works at a kind of fundamental level, how we approach this problem?
2: Well, again, I think the the Mental Health Commission report highlights some of the areas that the college, as well as uh, other services, have been highlighting for many years. Not only do we need to really put it, increased funding into mental health and try and recruit teams across the board we need a clear structure and plan so we very much welcome that there's been a recent appointment of a national clinical lead for child and adolescent mental health to try and help highlight having a strategic plan for child and adolescent mental health so at a high level you need somebody to lead to to inspire change to do that and understanding and we would certainly hope that that would be helpful we would fully endorse the plan for having clinical directors and a ring-fenced budget for child and adolescent psychiatry to help have a clear leadership and plan. At a ground level, we need to have a clear incentive and a resourcing of all teams. Mm. So one of the things that people sort of say, well, we try and recruit teams, but it's difficult if you're going into a service where you feel, well, there's no clear overarching plan, I'm going into a service that's overwhelmed and there's no plan going forward, you're less likely to encourage people to to join and the staff there are less likely to want to stay if they're being burnt out. However, if, you can, if we can take this crisis as an opportunity to put a plan going forward, so saying we are going to resource our basic teams, we are going to do that, that would be huge. The third area is... IT systems, um, as I think I've mentioned to to your researcher on the way in, is that the vast majority of our CAM services are operating on paper-based files with no electronic systems yeah. and no administrations. And that has a massive impact. In I mean, if you think of any office around the world and sort of said, like, you know, your computers are gone and go back yeah. to your file of faxes and those things... Things will not be as
1: efficient. No. Oh, Patricia, so. we, we heard it earlier, actually. I mentioned Chloe, uh, 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 the woman we spoke to about her son. And, you know, in the wake of the Maskey report, when they went looking for her file, they realised that it had, been, it had been archived in 2018 because she'd been accidentally, the son had been accidentally rather discharged from the service. And, you know, there there, there was notes missing because some days it was put in on paper, other days it wasn't. And again, that's all because it's you know it's paper based. You know, I know there was specific failings that were highlighted with Maskey, um, that came down to individuals. But but you know again that 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 element of it. Uh, yeah. speaks to the, the the IT systems, or rather the lack of, of IT systems. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dermot Quinlan is with us as well. He's Medical Director of the Irish College for General Practitioners. He's a GP in Clanmire in County Cork as well. Dermot, you're welcome uh, to the show. I mean, the, the system, from your point, we've heard from, from, from parents, um, we've heard last week as well from people who have been through the camp system and out the other side of it. And now, positive and negative experiences. Uh, it's been really interesting speaking to Patricia uh, about the experience of those working within it. Uh, what's the GP experience of of referring patients to CAMS?
3: Um, I, sorry, if I duplicate what you've already said because I missed the earlier part of your program. Um, our, our experience is that the, it's an incredibly frustrating. CAMS is an incredibly frustrating service for patients, for parents and their children, and for GPs. Um, we have up to sixty percent of our referrals to CAMs are rejected, uh, and, and that doesn't happen in any other medical specialty. So I, I do a referral, or my colleagues do referrals, and then you know weeks later we get a, a notification that this uh, re- this referral has been rejected. And sometimes we are signposted to refer young people to in services which are in- either inaccessible with incredibly long waiting lists or non-existent in the area. So it's it's very frustrating for general practitioners. It's very frustrating for families, and these are uh, young people who have serious mental health issues. And uh, you know what we would like to see is that uh, CAMs would adopt very rapidly e-referrals, as almost every other medical service in the state provides, mm. if, if they feel a referral is is not appropriate for that at that particular time, that we would follow the lead as what's happened in, in the NHS and adopt a no wrong door that instead of saying this referral should be sent elsewhere, that actually the CAM service would feel, if they feel another psychiatric service more appropriate, that they, they would adopt a no wrong door approach and forward the referral. Um, then for children who are seen, very commonly the service is really good. But there are issues with the monitoring of children on antipsychotics and the lack of clear guidance as to what tests need to be done and who is responsible for doing Mm -hmm. it and resourcing of that. And then this comes on the back of a very substantial shortage of GPs. So I know we have a very substantial shortage of CAM staff at every level, but we also have a very substantial shortage of GPs in Ireland and GP nurses, and we need to increase the GP numbers 50%. So on top of a very busy GP surgery, it's really frustrating for us and for our patients if, if referrals to CAMs are rejected. And I suppose we would welcome Dr. Susan Sinnerty's report, which was published last week uh, you know, on the Mental Health Commission mm. into in CAMs. So, and hope that the government and the HSE work rapidly to implement all 49
1: recommendations. Dr. Dear McQuinn, a medical director of the Irish College for General Practitioners, a GP in Glanmyron County Cork, Dr. Patricia Byrne, Consultant, Child and Adolescent Psychiatrist and Chair of the Faculty of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the College of Psychiatrists. Thank you both very much.
0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Codhy with Nissan. Weekdays
1: from 4 on News Talk.